0: You're listening to Soul Work, God on the Job, with Lowell Booznitz, your host, and I'm Richard Beatty, I'm the co-host and the producer. On this edition, Randy Parsley, an entrepreneur who has been in concrete since he returned from Vietnam in the early 1970s. We're going to break this into two programs. Uh, we'll have uh, Randy's First career in concrete and innovation—all uh, of the things that you want as a as a businessman and entrepreneur—Randy uh, had it. Uh, he had some stops, engineers stops, and uh, and and also some really interesting starts to his life. It was a delight to have uh, Randy in our studios. And now here's Lowell Buzenitz with Randy Parsley.
1: You mentioned to me earlier, Randy, when we were talking, that concrete work really resonated with you. When you had the opportunity to go there, it was just like light bulbs came on for you. What really drew you in this, uh, into the area of concrete, and uh, what kind of concrete work did you do? Well, I can say
2: that uh, I didn't find concrete; basically, it found me. Uh, after my stint in the military. I found myself a young junior officer without a job, and a young family, and uh, I gravitated to the trades. I had uh, walked downtown Denver with a briefcase, looking for uh, work, uh, expecting to do many interviews and whatnot. As I stood at a at a streetlight, I I could hear this clanging and and. Uh, and all this racket and I looked up and I could see these iron workers walking this high steel and I thought to myself, now I can do that and uh, and so that got me basically into the trades, I pursued the trades uh, wound up uh, as a, a carpenter and iron worker, I knew nothing about concrete at the time and in a short period of time I found out that uh, Concrete uh, was placed in the forms and the forms were built by carpenters and reinforced with iron workers and, uh, and this appealed to my uh, sense of work, my work ethic and uh, at that point in time young men from, were, were, there, was a, there was a great exodus from the farms is, is, if you will. There was no longer room for four boys on the farm. And they all found themselves in places like Dallas and Denver and, uh, and uh, other urban areas. And so work was plentiful and it paid very, very well at the time. Most of the work was union work uh, where the instruction was great, you could learn a trade quickly. And for the most part, young men at that point in time already had skills developed working on the farm, if you will, or from the military. And so they were terrific hands and didn't even know it. So as I, uh, as I pursued this uh, over the years, I, uh, I was just absolutely fascinated with the idea that concrete that comes in two, in two forms, a wet phase and a, and a cured, hardened phase, uh, could be fashioned into most any shape and could be made to span great distances if reinforced. I had no idea, previous to my exposure to all this, that concrete could uh, perform uh, in a structural capacity like that. So, so I was fascinated. I uh, I was awed, and to a to a large degree, and uh, and so I I worked several years, about eight or nine years, just honing skills in the field, and. Uh, Working with uh, wood, concrete, and steel, welding, and and you name it. And, uh, and as my interest grew, I wanted to know more about it. And uh, and so I started attending uh, night school engineering courses and whatnot to understand how in the world this uh, this wet concrete could uh, could set up and cure and perform these dynamic functions. So the more I learned in, uh, in school. Uh, the more interested I was and I found myself devouring any bit of information I could get uh, from uh, publications such as engineering news record, trade magazines, things of that nature and uh, trying to learn the best I could about uh, the strength of these materials and, uh, and why they could perform to the level that they did. Sure, it didn't take long that uh, that I caught the notice of some of the uh, the uh, owners of these construction companies, and I found myself uh, as a uh, as a foreman, and uh, and then a superintendent, a bull of the woods, if you will, amongst all these roughnecks on these high tall buildings, <laughs> and uh, and I was I was thrilled to be there. My job at that point in time was to take what I knew and push man, equipment, material at a profit, which, which I found was a, was a difficult thing. But my prior training in the military uh, made me uh, quite suited for that task. I could be just as mean as the rest of them. And so it took that kind of attitude uh, to get these tall buildings built. Bear in mind there was no one to show us how necessarily we had to invent our way. And so there was a mental aspect Uh, almost an intellectual aspect to the work as bruising as it could be and uh, later um, I uh, developed uh, tools uh, in the field to help the commission of this work and to speed the work along and to make it a little more safe and uh, that also caught the attention of the owners of these companies and later I found myself managing, if you will, not just one project at a time, but several projects at a time and, uh, and conveying some of the lessons that I had learned in some of these practices, but I still devoted most of my time into the field uh, despite the, the fact that most of my peers were in an office. I seemed to, to gravitate to the field and, and kind of keep myself from being chained to that desk.
1: So the picture here is that you were not one to be, uh, was content to go do your work, at, start in at 6 o'clock in the morning, and when the evening came, you were done, and you went home, and, and that was it. You, were, uh, you sound like a very curious man. Uh, what were, uh, what, give us a, a sampling of the innovations that you got involved with. Well, at that point in time,
2: we're talking about the early 70s, Uh, up until, with this field work, into maybe the first part of, or maybe even into the the Uh, mid-80s. Post-tensioning was a a new concept, and uh, precast concrete had been around for a while, whereby uh, tension rods were pre-tensioned, and concrete poured around it, and it would greatly increase the uh, capacity, the mechanical properties of the reinforced section. And another, uh, and so I worked in precast and then post tensioning, whereby we would form and cast <coughs> whole floors, roofs, walls, columns, shafts uh, into these uh, into the forms, and then in the case of the floors, we would tension uh, cables that had been prepositioned in the, in the uh, before the casting of the concrete. And then uh, after the casting of the concrete and after it had achieved initial set uh, we could pull the tendons uh, into a permanent position or condition and put put a floor slab, for example, into an artificial uh, tension load uh, that you couldn't do by any other means. And this allowed very thin sections of floor to span very great distances. This was new at the time, relatively new, and uh, much was to be learned. And uh, the structural engineers would be on these projects right along with the crews overseeing or or watching what we did and still learning, still learning about the uh, dynamics of uh, post-tension methods. And so uh, I built many buildings uh, and devised ways to construct say for an example a hotel at a four week pace all concrete, bear in mind there was no steel other than reinforcing steel and it wasn't a steel frame, it was a concrete frame and to accomplish such a task in, a, in say, a one week's timetable required a schedule right down to the minute <laughs> of, uh, of what every trade would be doing, how they would overlap and, uh, and uh, work without interference of the chase of trades Uh, And and we would have, you know, you're talking about 30 or 40 men, for an example, on a working floor at any any period of time. So it took a lot of coordination. It took a lot of thought and planning uh, to get that done. But it was a thrilling time to be alive. And I recall um, being at the project sites uh, early in the morning, I would get there long before the cruise would show, and even <laughs> the sun came up. And as the sun did come up, I could look down over downtown Denver, and uh, and just stand in awe. Bear in mind, I was a farm kid brought to the city, and uh, and I'm looking at all this, thinking, what a thrilling, what a thrilling time to be alive. And here <laughs> I am, right in the middle of the action. So
1: um, And learning how to build these high-rises, you know, instead of two weeks per floor, two and a half weeks per floor, some of the innovations that you brought about and your uh, uh, insights and planning, you got it down to a week per floor. That's huge. That's
2: right. As a matter of fact, our competition, oftentimes, we would find in the adjacent parking lots with binoculars. Uh, trying to see how on earth we were getting all this work done and the truth of the matter is we were using some brain along with our brawn to develop ways to gang some of the forms into giant sections of work Uh, instead of being uh, labor intensive it became equipment and material intensive uh, and get some of the work, at least some of the nitpicky work out of the way and uh, have it pre-made
1: You've sought the Lord uh, for some time now, uh, and uh, and you are obviously growing in your in your relationship with Him, and and uh, want Him to be real in your life, and that includes your your work. Uh, give us a little overview of of what your uh, current what your journey with the Lord is.
2: Well, I can say that I was not I did not grow up in the church. My dad was a hardcore World War II, 10 words a day individual, a loving man, but not an expressive man. And, uh, and church was not part of the program. Uh, although I, I was uh, surrounded, at least at school, if you will, this is farm country, and I certainly knew what Christian doctrine was from my friends and others. And, and it was not a reach for me to understand that there was a higher power. But I do recall uh, growing up, this is eastern Nebraska, uh, where the Platte River meets the Missouri. And in the 1960s, uh, it was a wilderness, literally a wilderness. The only, uh, the only moving thing, besides me and the woods, were the trains that would come through along the uh, Missouri River and literally cut tunnels through the through the canopy of the trees, and uh, and so that's where I spent most of my time, and on more than one occasion I uh, felt the presence of the Holy Spirit, uh, despite my uh, absence from church, um, and so I was uh, I was a, I was a willing uh, I was willing intellectually to understand the higher power higher power, but. I was not a church goer and, uh, and all through my time in the military uh, was not necessarily a religious man, although I do recall as uh, coming into Vietnam as a young junior officer, uh, having had my head stuffed with the knowledge of every battle that had ever been fought. <laughs> uh, that, my job was to remember all of those. And to put uh, uh, and put the right tactics in place for the people that I was about to advise. I was an advisor to the South Vietnamese. I'd learned the language prior to uh, my departure to Vietnam, and I was to be part of and actually a leader in a in an advisory team the 12 men. And uh, as we started to descend in the aircraft into to Vietnam, I can tell you that uh, the aircraft became very quiet. Uh, the only sound was the sound of the engines of the aircraft. Uh, only moments before you could hear a lot of chatter and a lot of joking and, and uh, joshing, but suddenly it was quiet. And, uh, and everybody at that point in time uh, was, I'm sure, talking to the Lord. In my case, I was talking to the Lord. It wasn't I was not afraid for my own physical life. My worry was that I wouldn't remember the millions of things that had been stuffed into my head that I was supposed to remember as a, a junior officer in a, a combat zone. And uh, I quickly learned after uh, being in country for a period of time that after the first shots fired, there's really only five things to, to remember it's good that you know the other thousand because every situation is a little different and so each individual five maybe will be a little different in each occasion but there was no doubt in my mind that God had my back Uh, I didn't know how to express that I didn't know how to uh, intellectualize it but I was was aware that I was not alone and um, after uh, my time in the military narrowly surviving that ordeal uh, and getting back into the states, back into uh, construction of the rough and tumble brutal world that that was especially the pace that I drove myself on I found myself having uh, tried to escape uh, some neurological uh, disorders that that I had developed uh, because of the war Um, that uh, I needed an escape and my escape was work and probably alcohol too much alcohol Uh, that was my medication if you will to keep myself away from these disturbing thoughts and some of the neurological disorders that I had and so at age 40 I was in Pacific Beach, California a little town of Pacific Beach and I'm at the shoreline and uh, I, had, uh, I was in California building hotels up and down the west coast for a giant construction company and, uh, and I had hit a wall. Uh, I had hit a wall, uh, my will was not working. I had driven myself to a point where I felt utterly alone on the end of a branch, if you will. And I felt that there was no hope for me, uh, and, uh, and I thought, this is where it ends, uh, it's time for me to, and I had learned in the military how quickly one can end a life. And, um, but as I sat there and pondered, looking at the horizon, uh, thinking, wondering how many horizons it was to Japan or Vietnam or any of these places, I heard from the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit told me in no uncertain terms that there was another way and that I was not alone. And I suddenly realized that I had never been alone. God had always had my back and that I was incomplete without God. I found myself quickly gravitating to the church now. Instead of devouring engineering data and uh, and all this newfangled structural science, I found myself uh, deep into the Bible, and quickly discovered that wisdom begins with the fear of God.
1: Yeah, what a great story, and and how encouraging to hear how the Holy Spirit came and and you were touched by that. So here at Soul Work, Finding God in Your Work, the, the, the foundational principle there is that God's already at work. We don't have to take Him to work. Uh, as you have progressed in your spiritual journey, uh, I wonder if you could share a little about how you have found God in your work as in with concrete.
2: Well, I can say that now, my work with Concrete is a little different. I'm post career uh, and have been for some time, but even when I was uh, working at my career, uh, my occupation was building, and my specialty was concrete. And my hobby, uh, believe it or not, was concrete. Uh, I loved it, and I thought, like I said, it was a near miracle and uh, I was fascinated with the concept of lightweight concrete and especially the kind that was being built or being manufactured in Europe and uh, I had uh, read about ways to uh, to do the same thing uh, but at much less cost and with much less equipment and processes and, uh, and so I I, uh, I began began to uh, uh, experiment with a light, with cellular lightweight concrete. In the meantime, I must say that now my, my focus along with the cellular lightweight concrete deals with the, uh, with improving the mechanical properties of concrete itself, primarily through the, uh, through the cement. We're talking now at a microstructural level where everything starts for the strength of concrete. These enormous uh, mechanical properties that concrete has can be improved and must be improved now that we realize that the co2 emissions into the atmosphere are harmful to the uh, uh, to the general health of the human race and uh, and so there is a focus now on reducing uh, the amount of, of cement that we make and one of the ways to reduce it is to improve its mechanical properties so that we only use, say, 70% uh, of its uh, requirement, thereby reducing 30% of its consumption. And, of course, there's other ways to do that. Well, what that means is a deep dive into science uh, at the uh, micro level and even the nano level with nanoparticles and microparticles. And so uh, I team now with universities and, uh, and some private sector uh, interests looking at ways to uh, improve the mechanical properties of, of, the, uh, of the cement and as I do that, it is a process of discovery and I must say that, that, this, that there is a certain thrill of discovery. In each of these, uh, in each of the, in all of these pursuits, is we find new ways, methods, and means, and uh, and actually find uh, uh, new science, and uh, and what's, what strikes me is the simple fact that the facts are already there; that God has already made these things. We are simply revealing the majesty of the Lord. And what's already been created and and uh, you know it's almost impossible, I must say, to in my work, uh, to constantly pray. but I do know that I can work with a prayerful attitude and uh, and look for the revelations of God uh, that are there for me to discover. and uh, that, in fact, uh, is is what keeps me uh, in pursuit of this uh, of this science. If some of the work that I do, just just to be clear, is probably won't be um, won't manifest entirely in my lifetime. But I have started it. I've started this uh, 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 the first carrier of the torch, or one of the first carriers of the torch, if you will. And uh, and I intend to uh, make sure that. My uh, those that come after me can continue to carry this torch and, uh, and, and find these uh, these discoveries that, like I say, are, all we're doing is 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 uh, revealing what's already there. Someone asked Einstein once if uh, if he had proven through all of his work that uh, there was no God, and Einstein laughed and said. I've only, uh, I have only, uh, um, I have only revealed uh, or described uh, the wonders of the world. I have not prescribed anything, <laughs> and uh, and so that that I think is probably uh, the humbling attitude. That also, now I don't consider myself a scientist. i I, but I, I can synthesize. And work with scientists and, and private sector uh, commercial aspects as well, and try to uh, bring all this. Uh,
1: You're an innovator, shown that from early on in your in your career to now working with concrete. And I believe that some of this lightweight concrete is like tenth the weight of concrete that those of us who know a little bit about concrete and know that it's very heavy. And you're taking this technology, light concrete, and taking it to Haiti and Bangladesh and various places, and building homes. And one of the remarkable properties of this not only is it structurally sound, but it's uh, has great insulating properties. And so people who don't have insulating, this concrete does uh, it does wonders for them, and allows them to build homes when they uh, out of something that's going to last their lifetime and that they could pass on to their their children rather than homes made from much much less durable products and and therein you have found the thumbprints of god and and have come to to celebrate that in many different ways and and uh and it touches your heart and how encouraging to hear
0: well that was a great conversation and we have more coming to you next week uh, with Randy Parsley, Lowell Buznitz, Professor Emeritus at uh, OU of Entrepreneurship. That was uh, one entrepreneur to another, and so that was... Uh That's a great conversation. Uh, There's going to be a lot more to talk about. Also, uh, building overseas and uh, where where that happens. Uh, Concrete's big right now. Uh, A 60 Minutes uh, segment on uh, 3D printers in concrete and what they're doing uh, with both uh, building homes, tiny homes, and all kinds of homes. It's quite an interesting uh, uh, time in the concrete business and randy was one of the pioneers of uh, of some of the innovations uh, that happened so uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that and uh, where randy found god at work i'm richard Beatty, and for lowell boozenitz have a great week